Hello and welcome to Nested Folders. My name is Rosemary Orchard and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scotty Jackson. Hello, Scotty. Hello, Rose. How are you? Oh, well, uh, I'm, I'm ready to nerd out because this, this episode's going to get nerdy. We're going to talk about workspaces, right? Workspace. Yeah, so maybe I should ask, where are you? <laughs> well, uh, right now I am in my uh, podcasting studio, otherwise known as The Bedroom. So <laughs> Where all the best podcasts are made. Oh, yeah. Well, it's actually, it turns out it's, it's ideal for this because it's got a lot of uh, soft things in it that could absorb echoes and stuff like that. So got to pick the right location for your workspace. It, th- that's right. And, and I think we wanted to talk about, you know, how you optimize your work for your space or your space for your work and vice versa. Because yeah. I think there's a really neat sort of symbiotic relationship there. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people, like, it, uh, most of us are very particular. Um, we can't work if, for example, somebody is outside digging up the street and the window's open um, and somebody else is whistling tunelessly on, on the other side of the room or something. That's the sort of thing will will drive us crazy. But as well as environmental factors like that, there's also just the, 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 the mental factor of I'm not mentally in the right space to do the work. And sometimes the, the physical space can help that mental switch to get us into the right frame of mind to do the work as well. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I find that very powerful. Indeed. Well, and I mean, I have not worked in an office for many years. I've worked from home for the last just about a decade or so, uh, almost exclusively. But I find too that uh, when I work from home or when I work from a coffee shop or if I do go into the office or if I work in different rooms around my house, I have very, very different experiences. And so thinking ahead to which rooms are going to inspire me to do my best kind of work that I have in front of me at that time is 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 vital. And, and being able to map that and be predictive about it so that I'm not you know yeah. sad at my desk because I'm in the wrong place for the work that I want to do. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty important. Yeah. Though I have to say sometimes just picking somewhere random that I wouldn't usually work. So our dining room table gets very little use. Our dining room chairs get a lot of use because we use them to hang clothes on to dry. Um, but our dining room table itself doesn't really get a whole lot of use. However, every so often I'll go and sit over there. Um, and I did this today uh, before we recorded. I had to write an article. Um, and so I just sat down and it's like, okay, I have 40 minutes. Right. And I did it. Um and it worked because it was a slightly different space to usual. I will say it was approximately a meter away from my desk, so like three feet. Um, so it's not like a huge change in environment, but just moving somewhere slightly different was enough to get my brain in gear. Sure. And I, I find uh, I'm a dining room table guy when it comes to uh, I've got a physical inbox to process because then I've got the space oh, yeah. you know, to spread all the things out. Or if I have, you know, a stack of index cards and I want to, you know, move things around sort of Kanban style. I, I love having the space for that. Uh, that's 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 my dining room move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, like the, the physical Kanban board stuff, like index cards. And then you have post-it notes and then sometimes you even put masking tape on the table. Oh, I can get super nerdy with that. Oh, I, oh yeah. <laughs> if you really want to upgrade, trade masking tape for washi tape and that's pretty. There you go. Life hack for the day. That way you're making, you know, Kanban swim lanes that are um, Instagram and Etsy appropriate. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, you know, everybody needs to put their whole life on Instagram. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, some people re- really, though, they can't work unless their desk is, is clear and, you know, Instagram ready 
air quotes, obviously, um, as it were, because, you know, it, it, having this stack of paper next to you drives you insane and you, you feel like you have to process the paper because it's distracting you. And that's something that you, you have to take into account when you're when you're picking and setting up your workspace. If, if you if you can't work like that, well, you have to have a way, either a drawer that you can open and dump this stuff in, or you have to have a system where this stuff gets processed if dumping it in a drawer won't work for you. And that's something I, I definitely have to take into account. Sure. And I think being aware of, you know, what your level of tolerance is and knowing, yes. you know, when you need to, you know, sweep everything into that box and hide the box under your desk and, and make a task to come back to it and deal with the box later, just so that yeah. you can get away The question is, do we that. ever actually come back to that task and deal with it later? Because I have a well, room, which is officially, according to the floor plan of the apartment, it's a storage room. We call it the junk room because stuff just goes in there and that's kind of it. Um, like there are always good intentions. Like, you know, I'll get, I'll get this uh, right. organizer box from Ikea back out and I'll, I'll organize everything inside of it. And I, you know, the, the, the road to somewhere is paved with good intentions. I don't remember sure. where, but there's roads paved with good intentions and we frequently wander down them and never actually do what we intend. And then you figure <laughs> out where it ends too, right? Cause every, yeah. every road must, but here's the thing though, too. And like, not to take us off topic, but like, if you can sweep something into a box and put the box away and never come back to it, maybe the contents were never really that important. Yes. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. Yeah. No one's ever just saying. I, I will advocate that um, if you have important documents like birth certificates and passports and stuff like that, have a dedicated <laughs> place to put them so they don't get swept into that box because otherwise you'll look at that box and go, eh, I don't need it anyway and check it out. And uh, this happened to a friend of mine. She threw out her birth certificate and passport. Oh, no. And it turns out when you have no ID... Getting a replacement birth certificate and passport is actually surprisingly hard, well, <laughs> especially you... when you only realize like a month before your trip that actually it's gone. Oh, um, dear. So, well, you need so, one uh, point of reference to start with, right? Exactly. And she ended up stuck in a bit of a circle because she didn't have a driver's license. Um, and I think oh. she ended up with something in utility bills and having to get like doctors to sign to say she said who she said she was, even though she oh hadn't gosh. really seen the doctors before. It all gets very complicated, which is something you need to be aware of. Do you have like an appropriate filing system for your workspace? Does your workspace need a filing system? Mm -hmm. Because, of course, we have uh, something I didn't really think of before the show, but I've just thought of now is we have our digital workspaces and our physical workspaces. And both of these need to be taken into account. So yes. I, ha I have stuff sync between my, my different my different devices so that my downloads folder is my downloads folder is my downloads folder and everything that I download is in my downloads folder. It doesn't matter which device I download it on, it's available to me. But this also means I have to clear it out mm -hmm. regularly. So got to get that set oh, up. And that's smart. And then and then talking of, of, you know, physical filing systems, I have for my main workspace at home, I have a, a filing system where all of my major stuff goes. But because I obsess with being you know, mobile and portable and being able to work from anywhere. I also have this great collapsing like accordion style filer that I can throw in my backpack uh -huh. and then I can get to where I'm going, expand it. It's about probably about a foot long. Uh, so it stands up on its own really nicely. And, um, oh. and then I use color coded uh, files in there. And then I actually have a complimentary tag in OmniFocus called filer with sub tags of red, yellow, blue, purple, green, so that if if mm -hmm. uh, I know I've got, you know, a piece of action support material or something like that, uh, that I know I have to deal with, I will make a task because I'm very, very bad at processing that physical filer. Um, 
because it's a place yeah. where things go but don't come out of. So I have to, I have to be disciplined <laughs> and make myself a task or I won't come back to it. And, and that's important because that is, you know, whether it's in my backpack or in the filing system, you know, that's under my desk, it's it's got to be a part of my workspace. And if I don't manage it, uh, it'll be floating on top of as opposed to organized inside of. Yes. And I've just thought of a great automation, which... Perhaps goes back to how uh, should, should I automate this? Um, but I'm actually probably going to implement this uh, because um, uh, your system of having the different colors of stuff that you need to file, I, I like that. And I'm thinking that I need an NFC tag on my desk for uh, there is paperwork to deal with. And I can touch my phone on it and then it'll be like, okay, like what kind of paperwork is this? Is this like a bill or is this something that, you know, you need to research and, you know, the common things. And then uh, it can go and I... I tend not to have a lot of paper, so I just have like a, a single tray from one of those IKEA in trays, mm-hmm. um, to, where I put all the stuff, um, and then it's in there. But then I know that it's uh, it's something that I need to deal with. Hmm, ideas. Yeah. Improving my workspace. A physical in tray. That's that's um like even in 2019, where like 98 percent of the stuff I get is digital. I still need yeah. that, and I find myself sort of lost if I don't have that as a place where a thing can go even if it's just like the one notebook that i carry around everywhere that i can like that that's its home and i can take it and remove it from there i've also found and i mean it seems silly to say this out loud that i wouldn't have naturally thought of it but have it making sure that that in tray no matter what workspace i'm in whether it's dining room table at my desk in the office needs to be on my right hand side because i am a right-handed person and i tend to write notes to the right of my mouse and so just removing the friction of having it, you know, for some reason to my left and having to pivot around a lot, makes sure that I'm moving that much more fluidly um, and also less because I'm lazy. And it means that I will also follow my own workflows that much more yeah. religiously. Yeah. Yeah. I find consistency, though, is a, a pretty key element to setting up my workspace because if my workspace isn't consistent then i'm all over the place mm. so i i try and narrow things down so i have a very limited set of equipment that i require um so i need a desk or a table um and a chair or a stool um however i have discovered over the years um that my body no longer forgives me as it once did and so if it could be vaguely ergonomic that's much appreciated because otherwise i i can work there but not for very long mm-hmm. and uh that that's something i i I definitely need to keep in mind and I, I I've taken this a step further I have I just I realized today let me let me just double check so I have my my Mac up work and then I have it's built-in keyboard um, and then I have my my Mac mini at home um, and then I have my MacBook and I have my iPad I have five different keyboards that I use on a regular basis there are similarities between these keyboards oh and I have a Windows keyboard as well for my Windows machine slash remoting into Windows Weird. Um, so I have six keyboards um, and I find that changing the keyboard so I have to have a keyboard of some kind if I'm working with a digital device on my iPhone I can get away with an on-screen keyboard but I prefer physical keyboards for pretty much everything else but switching between them is 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 good for me because because my wrists get to have a little bit of a break working on something that's slightly different, you know, different travel, uh, different layout um, spacing, because mm. I have the Microsoft Surface ergonomic keyboard for Windows. So I, I, I try and change that up because that benefits me. Similarly, uh, switching between trackpads and mice, I have trackpads and mice um, dotted around and take different ones with me depending on where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, and it's nice to switch between different ones of those. 
Because that gives your your wrist uh, sort of a bit of a break and different different kinds of motion. Exactly. Yeah. So I have um, I have an ergonomic mouse and a trackpad at work because I'm at work eight hours a day, Monday to Friday, generally. So it's it's good to break things up there. And sometimes I even put the trackpad on the left and the mouse on the right, so I can do different actions with different hands. Um, and then uh, at home, I also have a trackpad and a different mouse, which is somewhat ergonomic it's not super ergonomic but it's also um it's a logitech mouse and it's it's pretty nice and it's ambidextrous um it's it's not a right-handed or a left-handed mouse like mm. many ergonomic mice are which means i can use it with my left hand uh i am not ambidextrous but i can mouse with my left hand to some extent well, and so. trackpad too by the sounds of it that's uh, that sounds like a uh, uh a skill worth you know maybe practicing a little bit especially for us desk jockeys yeah. who are behind a machine you know eight hours a day yeah, I found it. Um, so uh, when I broke my ankle earlier this year, I also damaged my wrist at the same time. Now, I didn't break my wrist, but I did have some tendon damage. Um, and um, actually, that was in my left wrist. But at, that was the point where I realized, actually, A, I need to do exercises once my wrist is is at a point where I can, I can do exercises again. Um, and one of the things the physiotherapist recommended to me was, well, make sure that you can use your mouse and trackpad with both hands, because this way, if you ever do break a wrist, well, you're not completely stuffed if it happens to be your right wrist, um, you know, and it's not as comfortable or convenient, sure, but it gives me a break. And every so often, my, my right wrist does act up because, you know, I'm sitting there using a mouse or a trackpad all day or typing. Mm -hmm. These things aren't great for us. Um, and so being able to switch to my left hand gives my right hand a break. Um, and, and that's useful in my workspace. So I try and make sure that my, my workspace is the keyboard oriented in the center rather than to the left. Right. Um, because that left. helps, um, uh, as well. So, and, and then when you are away from that desk, you know, what is the gear that you find most essential other than the obvious of, you know, keyboard mouse and the machine that you're using, what other sort of complementary yeah. gear do you, do you carry around? Well, it depends. If I'm, for example, sometimes I will just take my laptop or an iPad um, to a coffee shop after work and, and do some work for an hour or so. If it's going to be less than two hours, I'm just going to take the machine. I'm not going to take anything extra with me um, just because the, the payoff of taking the extra stuff versus the, the having to carry the extra stuff is not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, however, this weekend uh, coming, which will be the weekend just before the podcast releases, I am going to an indie web camp in Brighton. And uh, the first day is conference style, so we'll have lots of different sessions and I'll be moving around. For that day, it's not worth it because I'm going to be packing my bag up every 45 minutes to move. The next day, however, is a hack day where I'm going to be sitting there for eight hours coding. Uh, there will probably be a, a lunch break involved, but I'm going to be sitting there. So for this, I, I do take my keyboard and mouse. Um, both of them are Logitech. They're Bluetooth. They're nice. They compare with three different devices if I need them. But I also take a roost stand, um, and this thing looks crazy. I'll put a link to it in the show notes if I can find it. They're usually available on Amazon, and there are knockoffs available as well. Um, it looks crazy because it's like legs for your laptop it kind of is like giraffe legs for your laptop actually um but it just lifts it up so that your screen ends up at eye height um and you could type on it like this uh, i wouldn't recommend no. it because your keyboard ends up at a very odd angle um but it's so good for working on the road because it just elevates your laptop to the right height and you can just get on with it oh it's um, magical i have to, and i have to thank um tim stringer of learn omnifocus 
uh, he, uh, he introduced me to this when I, when I met up with him in his workspace in Vancouver, uh, there's a shared mm. workspace there. And it seemed as I looked around that everyone had one of these and I'd never yes. seen anything like it before. It is incredible. Um, you know, elevating your Mac so that you've got your monitor at eye height and then, you know, yep. whatever portable keyboard you just drop on the table in front of it. And it's, it's, it is absolutely wonderful for what it does for, you know, re- relieving yeah. neck strain and shoulder strain while you're while you're typing somewhere else. Yeah, and I actually pull this out when I'm podcasting most of the time as well because it then elevates. So it not only elevates your mic to eye height, it also conveniently gets it out of the way of any spills that might happen. So mm. you know, if you then accidentally spill water all over your desk, well, maybe your keyboard or mouse will bite the dust, but your very shiny computer will hopefully not. Um, and it, it collapses down to like a long thin stick, right. so it doesn't take up any room in your bag either and i have to say uh so um i've had days where i've had flights like one o'clock in the afternoon it's not worth going to work in the morning but also if i have to go to work in the middle of the day then i'm not going to get any work done so what i do is i go to the airport first thing in the morning and i sit there in the airport lounge working and then i pull out my roost and my keyboard and mouse and i always get people come over and ask me what is this and where do I get one? Mm-hmm. Because it really is great. And you can get them. I think I got mine for like 15 euros or something. It's probably a knockoff of the roost rather than the original one, because I seem to remember those are quite expensive. Yeah. Um, I, I, I splurged for the, for the full thing just because I wasn't sure how good the knockoffs would be, would, yeah. would be. And the, and there are very a variety of variants on, uh, on yes. Amazon. So, you know, maybe we can include a, uh, a search link in the show notes, as well as a link to the uh, to the original roost, and and uh, yeah, uh, people can uh, your mileage may vary, but uh, I, I've got yes. an actual roost, and I can say that it's uh, it's pretty lovely. Excellent, yeah. No, I mean when 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 we have our hack day on Sunday at Indie Web Camp, uh, you see a lot of people pulling a roost and a keyboard and a mouse out of their bags mm-hmm. with their laptop because you're going to be sitting there typing for a while, and it's it's not good posture to sit and hunch over a laptop. And that's something I always try and keep in mind with my workspace. You know, like is this at least vaguely ergonomic. Not every instance of every workspace has to be ergonomic. If I go sit in a meeting room for 20 minutes, you know, it's not worth taking a roost and a keyboard and a mouse with me, Um, especially when I may actually not even need my laptop. But if I'm going to be sitting there all day because it's a workshop, yeah, I'm going to take that with me. Right on. Okay. And and then at the risk of becoming like a gear show, like what else is in your bag? Uh, index cards and a nice pen. Mm. Usually a biro, just because fountain pens, I love them. I love fountain pens so much. Um, but they have a tendency to leak and run out of ink at the most inconvenient moments. Um, and um, so I, I usually take a nice biro and index cards. Index cards rather than a notebook, because if you have to give somebody a note and you've put like ripped it out of a notebook then it's got that rough edge it just doesn't look as nice right. whereas if you give somebody an index card it's got nice clean edges to it and it looks like you've moved um, with purpose too like i i i find that most people yeah. still kind of look at me a little bit oh index card that's interesting and so yeah it makes the sharing of information moment a little bit more memorable yeah um and exactly f- and for the value of our international listeners a, a biro, that, that's like a ballpoint pen, right? Yeah, it's like the Bic pen. Okay. Yeah, like, I mean, mine is actually a 
zebra medium point uh yeah i'll put a link to mine in the show notes it's it's expandable and it has zebra print on it so it's cute oh, nice. um but it's <laughs> but uh it's also very handy uh this happens to also go into my travel bag and surprise surprise comes in handy for filling out you know customs forms and that's right you know why am i here uh forms and stuff like that as well oh. uh, it's always good to have a pen on you you cannot overstate the value of having your own pen with you at pretty much all the times because no i mean even in digital world there is still plenty of paperwork or times that you have to sign or do something and uh so a you're prepared for that and then b you're also that person who is ready when someone turns to you and says i'm having one of those pen moments can i borrow your pen and you can say yes yes and so I'm, I've got two little stories here. Number one um, is when I worked at Disney, pens were like fairy dust. You could never find a pen when you needed one. So I started collecting like cheap pens that I had at home and t- putting them in a pencil case. And every time I went back to Disney on a contract, I'd take them with me. And then other people would be like, oh, no, I forgot my pen for today. And I'd be like, here you go. Because I had six in my pockets ready. Um, and that Disney is also where I learned a really nice trick for ballpoint pens. Okay. If a ballpoint pen stops writing, draw on the bottom of your shoe. The rubber uh, is just enough to like get your pen rolling again um, so that it will continue to write. It won't go forever if it's running out of ink, but it will just roll it enough that you, you get some more ink on the ball. Oh, so. that's a good life hack. There. Yeah. Trick for everybody listening. Nice. Uh, the other thing that must be in the bag at all times is uh, the power bank. Uh, the battery. Oh, yeah. I uh, finally invested in a larger um, anchor one. I can, I can put the notes in, in, in a link in show notes. I don't think it matters necessarily the, the brand per se, but just having the capacity, especially when you've got, you know, your phone and your headphones and your, uh, like for me, and also an iPad, which is kind of becoming my road device of choice now. Um, making sure that I can juice those up uh, is critical i have a z in my power bank and one of the really useful features is actually usb hub as well um so not only will it charge my mac but it also has two usb a ports on there so i can plug usb a stuff into my mac as well oh that's neat yeah i'll put a link to it in the show notes it's really useful and it's usb c so one less cable but i do have a, a three uh head cable from anchor it's got micro USB on, and then you can put two different heads on it. So you can also make it into a USB-C cable and a lightning cable. Oh. And that is always in my bag. Because that, like, you can usually find, like, somebody has a USB charger, but making sure that you have the USB-C or micro USB or lightning option is uh, very helpful, depending on what headphones and so on you have. The only thing I'll say is uh, if you plug a USB-A thing with the USB-C into an iPad Pro to charge it, you're going to be waiting a very, very long time. Mm. So, so have an alternative ready for that one. I have an A to C cable that I got um, alongside a, uh, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of a quick charger. It, it says, it says quick charge on the box. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means really. Cause I'm just a pedestrian when it comes to these, these sorts of things. Um, but it seems to charge up my iPad Pro fast enough and it's it's two usb a's to uh just to like an ac outlet so i can just uh Mm -hmm. plug it in and then i've got two usb uh, a and i you typically have my power bank hanging off of one of those so that it's 
always charging. Uh, and then I've got a free yeah. one for, you know, whatever else. And the other thing that I did is uh, I got a USB-C uh, to lightning uh, cable yes. so that I could charge my phone off of my iPad as well, since it just carries so much battery. Um, mm -hmm. And my phone, I tend to be, I tend to be a little bit hard on my phone because I'm doing a lot of work from it, you know, fairly constantly. Yeah. No, I usually have a little plug in my bag as well. Um, and uh, I, it's a RAV power. I have both the European and the, the US version. Um, and the US version has little prongs that fold into it. So it's not much larger than like a standard iPad brick, but it's got one USB-A port and one USB-C port on it. And the USB-C port is 18 watts. Oh. So it will charge an iPad Pro really fast. And if you plug an iPhone in there with a lightning to USB-C cable, it also charges that super fast as well. Oh, nice. And uh, when I'm traveling, traveling like this usually goes next to my bed in a hotel so that I can plug my phone in there and my Apple Watch. Um, because this way, because usually when you're you're traveling, you come in, it's like, okay, I need to plug my phone in, go in the shower. And I need my phone to be charged when I come out the shower. Well, if you plug it into an 18-watt USB-C, you're good. Yeah, because those, those, those will charge it up real, real fast. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's great for my iPad as well. And it doesn't take a lot of space, so... One of those is often in my bag if I'm if I'm going and having a long working day somewhere. It's interesting because I didn't. That's not a thing that I thought um, I would have to spend some time thinking about or learning about. Was you know I just sort of assumed for the longest time that if I plug my phone or my device into another thing that charges it, that you know all chargings are created equal, and that's not really mm -hmm. that's not really the case. Uh, so it's good. No, it's yeah. It gets more complicated when you have Android devices because then you have quick charge and then there's something else as well, um, which doesn't match the USB-C spec for charging. And basically, it's all super, super complicated. So if you want the easy solution, then you just buy like the plug from whatever your phone manufacturer is mm, um, mm -hmm. that they tell you will work fast. But uh, for for uh, iOS devices, an 18-watt USB-C charger is definitely going to be your friend. Um, and something with a USB-A port on as well. I'll put a link to my Rav Power one in the show notes because I really like that. It's small. Uh, it works. That's basically all I care about. Small and it works. That, there you go. Yeah. And it's it's one plug that you can plug two devices into at the same time. And if I plug the USB-C, like I have, um, I have another charger. I've actually just backed one on Kickstarter today, which has got two USB-C ports on it. Um, it's got one higher power one and one lower power one. So I can plug my Mac and say my ipad into that but if i can plug my mac in then of course my mac can charge other stuff too so well, yeah because you start daisy chaining after that exactly so just don't daisy chain too far that's right that's right daisy chain safely everyone oh yes uh i like that uh my my coffee shop that i uh tend to work out locally has recently uh renovated and one of the things that they did which is super cool is underneath every table there's a, an ac outlet so I can, I can plug in no matter where I sit. And it yeah. used to be that there were a couple of coveted spots because those were, <laughs> those were the spots where the plugins are, but now every spot has a plugin, which I find phenomenal. And so that will continue to make it my coffee uh, shop of, of choice for working in. Um, but I also like that, you know, working there, um, I feel less distractible simply because mm -hmm. um, I have this very small ecosystem that is mine of this tiny little table. Uh, and so that, yeah. th that creates some neat boundaries about what I can and can't do just because of I'm, I'm in this little space. So I like that I have a plugin and I like that I also have that sort of constraint. 
Yeah. And also the the thing with working in a public space is other people are there, which means that other people could theoretically see and judge you for not working. Now, the reality of it is they, they, ha- they probably don't care. They have no idea who you are and what you're doing with your life. Um, <laughs> and if you sitting there staring into space for 45 minutes doesn't bother you, you shouldn't, you sh- certainly shouldn't think about whether or not it bothers somebody else. But this can be a very useful kind of trick to get yourself into the right mindset of well i'm sitting here staring at my laptop everybody's thinking why aren't you typing why aren't you typing just type something and then suddenly the words flow and everything works but this can also backfire on you so um a little bit of background our apartment is what's considered a two-room apartment in austria so obviously you have the bathroom area but then it has the bedroom and the everything else room which contains Mm -hmm. our living room our kitchen our dining room my boyfriend's desk and my desk Uh, my desk was in a place so a it's kind of straight in front of the front door so if you walk into the apartment and keep walking until you get to the back of the apartment that's my desk a makes it an easy dumping ground and b makes it visible from everywhere but my desk used to be literally visible from everywhere so my boyfriend would be sitting at his desk and he would be staring into space not staring at me but i just kind of feel like he was staring at me and watching me and this really started to bug me so what we did is we put an Ikea bookcase uh, next to the sofa. So it kind of sticks out into the room as a, a makeshift room divider. Um, and this means that if he stares in space, he's staring at the bookcase, not at me. Right. Well, um, that's sensible also, application of your neuroses. That's good. Exactly. And it also very conveniently means that if he wants to watch television, I don't have like this flickering light out of the corner of my eye that I can just about see. Because mm. uh, I put on noise cancelling headphones if he wants to watch television. I'm not going to be like, no, I'm working. You can't watch television. Um, so I just put on my noise cancelling headphones. But, you know, I don't have that flickering light anymore because I've got a nice big bookcase, you know, between me and it. So I don't see it. Um, and that's very useful for me. Well, I, I like what you said about this to, like especially when it comes to workspaces that you really have agency over that you can control is yeah. one you've become aware of something that you can optimize for your workspace yeah. uh, not just knowing that you're reacting to it but even but being able to define okay here's where it's coming from and here's why it's bugging me and then two mm-hmm. going and doing something about that because i think yeah. that it, i think well, that it's amazing how often uh, for me, anyway, I will live with a thing that is like boring into my brain as a as an irritating thing, and not do something about it. But what a difference it can make when you do! Oh yeah, and uh, I have to say, I like I planned to do this for a little while because the the bookcase was originally behind my desk. It's one of those IKEA like square of squares uh, bookcases. It's called the Calyx. Oh, uh, the cubes. Yeah, they're they're really useful. They're great. I love them for storage. Um, but it was originally behind my desk, which caused a bit of a problem because a some of the shelves were blocked, and you would just kind of shove stuff on there from your desk because it's right behind it. It's easy, just shove stuff there. Um, and it meant my desk kind of stuck out into the room. But um, it turned out we are having an issue with our internet. And so the internet guy came out to to look at everything um, and he tested all the equipment and was like, well, I honestly think it's probably the socket in the wall that's the problem. But I'm going to go downstairs and check the socket outside first. Um, and if that's not it, then I'm going to have to get the socket on the wall to to replace it or to you know open it up and look at it and find out what's wrong. Um, and so he went outside to do that. And my boyfriend and I just looked at each other and we're like, it's going to be the socket on the wall. Absolutely. Like, there's there's no, like, way it's going to be the socket outside because the socket outside feeds the entire building. And we'd know if there were problems with the internet in the entire building, people would be on the rampage, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, it's like, okay, we have five minutes before he comes back. 
pull everything off of my desk, like pull my desk apart, pull everything off of the bookcase, pull the bookcase away from the wall. Internet guy comes back in just after I pulled the bookcase away from the wall and I'm there going, <gasps> I've never moved so quickly in my life. And um, he says, yep, it's not outside. It's got to be here inside. Oh, you've already moved everything. Wonderful. <laughs> you know, and so... <laughs> So turns the out, internet guy made you optimize your office. Exactly. Uh, and it turns mm. out, you know, uh, he was right. It was a socket on the wall. He was surprised our internet had ever worked. And then instead of putting everything back exactly where it was, I was like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to take this opportunity for the gift that it is, and I'm going to move this bookcase because it needs moving. But if our internet hadn't gone out and they hadn't sent somebody to repair it who said it was a socket... I don't know how long it would have taken me to get around to it, which is, you know, right. something I have to bear in mind when it comes to optimizing my workspace. How much energy am I really willing to invest in this or am I just going to mm. stick with it because it kind of works out of this? Although I love what it says about us that like we we would say I've never moved so fast in my life because my internet needed optimizing. <laughs> well, I didn't need optimizing. I needed fixing. Because <laughs> like we it was Chased one of by the... bears or... Oh, uh, yeah. Know. Uh, no, it's just one of those things. We we switched in internet providers, so instead of it coming over fiber, it came over cable, I think. Maybe it's the other way around. I don't remember. Uh, it's probably the other way around. Um, fiber is great. And uh, yeah, and, so, and then we started having random internet outages, um, and it was weird. And in hindsight, I think what it probably was, was um, that where my feet were and the socket um, and the stuff in the bookcase, it was like pushing back onto it. Or something mm. and like that was causing like blips and then it would suddenly turn into an outage and the outage would last a day and then two days and then it just died um but yeah we have working internet again so that's all good hooray <laughs> but there's a lot of things that you can uh, find to optimize about your workspace that aren't just the internet though i will give one tip i have found a cellular ipad is such a gift if my iPad always has a data connection, then I don't have to worry about, does this coffee shop have Wi-Fi if I want to go mm -hmm. and work there? It's a, hey, my phone has an internet connection. I'm good. Because if my phone is connected, my, my iPad's connected. They're on the same network. Um, and that, that's been a, 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 maybe not a workspace optimization, but a, a work experience optimization. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and then even if you're just sort of generally worried about security and not using, you know, the coffee shop Wi-Fi tethering to mm -hmm. a phone is wonderful. And it's also a great way of um, saving a bit of cash, too. I, I don't think yeah. I've ever purchased a cellular enabled iPad because I thought, you know what, I'm going to have my phone and it's all kind of one. So why don't I yeah. just get the just just the Wi-Fi version? The only thing I find with that is that it can drain the Wi-Fi on your uh, the Wi-Fi the battery on your phone pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but my next iPad will probably also not be cellular because I have recently bought a device called a Skyroam, which is basically a mobile hotspot, um, but it's international. It's like nine dollars for a gigabyte, um, oh, which well, is more expensive than what I'm paying right now. But it works anywhere in the world, and I really need the five gigabytes of data that I actually have on my iPad plan at the moment. So. That's pretty excellent. Oh, and just for the peace of mind too, for, for someone like yeah. you who travels from, you know, country to country, that's knowing yeah. that your experience is going to be give or take the same, regardless of where you are. That's a pretty big deal. Exactly. And then I don't have to worry about having to go and buy a data SIM for my phone because it turns out the data roaming plan that I'd already paid for doesn't work because there's an issue with the cellular towers or somebody got somewhere into something in a database wrong. Uh, it means that, you know, 
my workspace is optimized because I know I always have internet and I can always pay more for internet if I need to. Um, but if it's just a, hey, I need to look this up and see where I'm going and if I'm on the right track, then, you know, I can get away with the $9 plan probably. Everybody works differently. That's right. And and taking the time to think about how you work and how you best work is probably the, just the number one thing that anyone can do. Exactly. Because if you, if you spend two minutes sitting there and analyzing your workspace and just looking at it, you know, find one niggle and find one great thing. Um, and then do something that you can, uh, you know, make an action plan to deal with a niggle. Um, you know, if your action plan unfortunately involves quitting your job, then maybe don't action that yet. Um, <clears throat> see if you can find something else like, you know, the way paper clips are organized is really bugging me. Well, I'm going to put paper clips in a pot and I don't have to see the way they're organized. You know, that's, that's more the kind of thing that I'm referring to. But, uh, yeah, see if you can do something that improves your workspace and therefore improves your quality of life. That's right. And that sounds like a really good note to uh, wrap up our episode this week. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you again, Scotty. Well, likewise, Rose. Uh, hey, hey, Rose, as we sign off here, uh, how do people find out more about you on the Internet? Well, the best place to go is rosemaryorchard.com. There you have links to everything I do on the internet, including uh, videos of screencasts online, uh, obviously nested folders, automators, my other podcast, and of course, links to follow me on social media if you so choose. Where can people find you, Scotty? Uh, I can be found at heyscottyj.com. That's my blog, and it has links to also follow me by the same name, heyscottyj, on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. You can find the show at nestedfolderspodcast.com. And if you want to send us feedback, there is a feedback form on our website. Or if you want to send us feedback on Twitter, then we are at nestedfolders. And we would welcome all feedback, especially uh, positive feedback. And any suggestions for future show topics that you would like us to cover is also welcome. We are slowly filling our Airtable database with lots and lots of ideas. More data. Oh, yes. All the data. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, thanks again, Rose. See you in two weeks.